In Jesus' name we have prayed. Father, we thank you. You are increasing us in understanding. You are increasing us in wisdom. We are saying the prayers that are important to you because of the direction of your spirit, because of the instructions of the word you are giving us. We give you praise in the name of Jesus Christ. Now we are going to share the word of God briefly before we stand up again to pray. So let's just declare our, our incantation of understanding. Yes. For those coming for the first time, open your magazine. It's on page four. All right, one, two, let's go. Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding, as a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Understand it's your portion again today in Jesus' name. Amen. Please greet somebody on your left. Are you right? As you sit down, tell the person you are wise. Understanding is your portion. All right, the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. Today I feel like we should pray. I want us to pray for Nigeria. Okay? Of course, the most important thing, remember, uh, we, most important thing that God is doing is um, advancing the truth of Christ. That is the most important thing. If God gives, if he gives peace and we don't use it for that, he withdraws it. That's the way it works. You can never feel secure anywhere. In, that, in this place of your security, trouble is coming for you if you are not doing the will of God. There was a time, if you go and read Jeremiah, God told them that, look, there's be trouble for all these Israelites. So, of course, trouble came as God had warned them through Jeremiah again and again. Eventually, the whole land was decimated. And then, the Jeremiah, now I went to Jeremiah and said, what do we do? Jeremiah said, God, now I should tell the rest of you, the remnants, stay in the land and don't go anywhere. The initial word was, listen, when Babylonians come, go and meet them. I, that's when he said, I know the thoughts I have for you, thoughts for good and not for evil. We could ask scripture all the time. I know the thoughts I have for you. So he was saying to them, follow the Babylonians. You will go into captivity. The land will enjoy its Sabbaths. So they said, all right, we will not do that. They didn't do it. So the Babylonians came. They resisted, but eventually they were lost out. The remnant now went to Jeremiah and said, what do we do? Jeremiah said, now this is the word of the Lord. Stay in the land and don't go anywhere. Imamis are very funny. Then they packed and said, we are going. <laughs> <laughs> this time around, they ran to Egypt. Why? Egypt was safe. Why? Egypt was prosperous. Egypt would welcome them. Unfortunately for them, the Babylonians had a problem with the Egyptians. So they went and attacked. This was God walking. They went and attacked Egypt and found the Jews there and killed all of them. That is the one that stayed back home was not the safe one. What am I trying to say? There's no way that they're safe in this life. Sometimes people are running abroad because they are looking for prosperity. I feel sorry for them. This is the word of the Lord. If you don't do the will of God, poverty packs into your bag. Before you get your visa, poverty has packed, gotten his own visa. <laughs> like, why are you thinking about when they give me visa? Poverty said, listen, I got my own first. Just, when are we going? 
That's poverty talking to you, to somebody who is disobeying God. Though. There's no safety anywhere. This is what secures your life. Do what God wants you to do each time, each season. That's it. You know, those days I used to wonder why Isaiah chapter 54, because we grew up learning we are sons of God. We are not servants of God. We are sons. Servants are inferior to sons. Sons are the heirs of the house. They own everything. You know, all that talk. That was one thing Paul never called himself. Do you understand my point? When he wanted to introduce himself, always say, what? Paul, a bond servant. In case you don't know, that's a slave. If you have some translation, they'll say a bond slave. They took pride in it. So I was, those days when we used to read things like that, I found out that Isaiah chapter 54, when we read it, he said, this is the heritage of the servants of God. No weapon fashioned against you shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against in judgment, you will condemn. This is the heritage of this. I feel like Isaiah rewrite this thing down. It's supposed to be the heritage of the sons of God because we are superior. The more I read it, the more Isaiah was sure of what he said. I will try and, you know, the way we do. I, maybe if you have not been a Bible teacher, you won't understand these things. If you've been around Bible teachers, we know how to twist the Bible to say what we want. If it doesn't say it in English, you have to say it in Hebrew. Discussing with my wife this morning. I said, it's amazing. That some brethren, by the time they fin- you finish listening to them, you are confused. You started confused, you came for clarity. One day I was somewhere, one brother was trying to define faith. Now he wasn't talking to you, he was talking to somebody else. By the time you finish defining faith, I bought the prayer of slippers and strolled out. <laughs> I said, whoever understood that did, did not need this class. I don't know whether you're getting my point. If you could understand what he said, you didn't need this class. It was so complicated. So that's what we do sometimes. I'm not saying I do it too. I'm, when I say we, I don't want to be like I'm pointing fingers at anybody. You understand my point? We take the, twist the Greek, twist the Hebrew. After twisting up and down, Isaiah was looking at me like this. So I said, servant, you want to call these sons? That's your problem. The Bible says the Lord delights in the prosperity of his servant. Are you getting my point? I found out that the Lord emphasized, and it's there, Jesus taught us like that. That, listen, there are two kinds of sons. When you use the word servant, it is not as if he doesn't understand sons. See, there are two kinds of sons. There are prodigal sons, and there are serving sons. That's all. What makes sonship beautiful is that you serve with a different mind. A hired servant is different from a son that's a servant. A hired servant will come, he will go. But the son that serves knows that I'm not going anywhere. I'm actually working for myself. Even though I'm working for my father, but I'm actually working for myself. A hired servant will go. But the son that serves endures in that house forever. Are you getting my point? And Jesus came as a servant to come and do the will. He said, I was amongst you as one that serves. Are you getting my point? Listen, service is a primary thing. So if God gives us anything in life, it is for us to use to serve. And when we are not doing that, we lose it in a short while. That's why, that's why I was going to all of these things. If we are not using it for the purpose. So when Isaiah said, this is the heritage of the servants of God, he knew what he was saying. We are just the ones that wanted, lack of understanding cost it. We wanted to apply to sons. And he said, no, I said servants. I know you are sons. I know Jesus has made you a child of God. I know. 
He said, but you have to make up your mind. Are you a prodigal son or you are a serving son? I know what God said through Malachi. I will spare them like a man spares his son who serves him. So, heritage of the children of God? No, it's for the servants of God. Yes, they are sons, but they are sons that serve. Sparing is for who? The sons that serve. Those that are sons that don't serve are treated as trees without fruit. They are cut down. So that's the point. We cannot hide in the midst of prosperity and not be willing to risk it for the reason why it was given to us. Why many people don't want to risk their prosperity is because they want to preserve it. They don't understand that it was given for a reason. So we're talking about praying for our country. I want us to do that today. We'll now be asking, cut it. Why? We want to feel safe. We feel that if you divide it and put a border patrol somewhere, then the headsmen can't cross. Then troublemakers can't cross. That's what we start thinking. And God is laughing. That peace is a gift I give. It's not how your borders are arranged. If you say trouble should not cross the border, I will generate it from inside. <laughs> then that's the way it works. <laughs> Number one thing that marks out Christians, you know, on Saturday we talked about, we shouldn't dress in a tie of harlots. Remember that? But that's not the one thing that marks us out. Even Jesus told us like that. You know, I kept on emphasizing, it's not one of the weightier matters of the law. One of the things that mark out Christians, when they open their mouths to talk, wisdom drops. Are you getting my point? Insight. When people are talking nonsense, calm them down and say, oh boy, relax. And then we will have peace. Say peace. If God doesn't give you peace, we will have peace. Have you ever asked, most kidnappers, where are they from? When, 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 when men kidnap one or two people, they will make a lot of noise. Hey, come on. Most of those who have been kidnapping, they were not imported they from those areas. If God gives peace, which is the same thing as prosperity, you don't use it for the purpose for which he gave it, he will withdraw it. God will give peace in Nigeria. Somebody say amen. amen. The purpose is not so that we can sleep well. It's that we, so that we will know that we have a short time. You know, you know what normally what happens during battles, conflicts, like in Syria, like in Yemen, they will tell you that the warring parties will negotiate and get what? Cease fire. Why? So that aid vehicles can move. These ceasefires, you've been watching, okay, if you've been like me, trying to keep up with international affairs, they don't last. As soon as the ceasefire is declared, you see a long convoy of white trucks, the United Nations trucks, aid trucks, Oxfam trucks, all kinds of trucks, trying to move aid quickly, medicine, food, water, for those who are in distress, then evacuate usually the women and children. The men, stay there because you may be a militant. We won't evacuate you unless you look like you are old. Look at you, look like you are 75 and above. Come. But they just give for like two days, one week. As soon as that, day, that period is over, boom, boom, firing starts, boom, boom. But enough for scripture, one will be confused. What am I going to say? So now when I, today, I was here yesterday, I just saw the picture of uh, Syria. Ha! You see buildings. You know the way buildings are in New Heaven here? Like we have in on nature too. High-rise buildings like that. You see all of them with holes. All of them. Holes. Holes. Those holes were not made by children playing. No, no it's not children playing. No. It's bullets. Rockets. And they hit human beings. 
Sometimes one building will come down. Wow, you see people struggling to evacuate those who are trapped. The times I look at it, I say, ah, and you people won't stop fighting. As the, as the building is coming down, you hear, Allah Akbar, Allah Akbar. I say, that is the problem. You don't understand. <laughs> You'll be shouting. No, it doesn't, well, I'm not saying I'm not concerned. I'm concerned just that I understand now. People say, devil, I say, forget devil in this matter. God has withdrawn his peace. There was a time, maybe they were killing one or two Christians. And God said, just kill them. So that all the blood of the Christians shed from the time of Thomas <laughs> will be brought against the generation. That's why you're killing this missionary. Once you finish like that, voila, we start. You now hear there used to be a country called Libya. Ah, this country was beautiful. People say, ah, it was so beautiful. I say, that beauty was a gift of God. People misused it. And he has collected his beauty back. I've been, you know, I've been saying it. They say, ah, Dubai is fine, Dubai is fine. I say, better go to Dubai and go and tell them, guys, say after me. They'll say, oh yeah, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Say, say it to, who is he? Ah, Jesus is son of God. If you don't say it, say, well, I gave you the opportunity. After that, the house you bought in the palms, the world, you know those islands they built, just sell all of them and move because the time will not last forever. One day, the good Lord will look at all those beautiful places. It's like he will blow. You now know all flesh is grass. All. Some people are impressed. Do you know I have never... Impressed? Oh, look nice, but when God does like this, when the breath of God blows upon it, say the grass withers and the flower fades. And I have no doubt he will blow. Listen to me. This world, hmm? this globe as you know it now, is in trouble. How do I know? I just watch TV. And I said, there's no how he will not blow upon it. Men are every day running to Sodom and Gomorrah and they are celebrating when they get the visa to Sodom. Pray with me. I'm believing God for visa to Sodom. More than 15 years ago, I can't remember the exact time he preached the message, David Parsons read an analysis where readers digested a study and graded the most godless nations on the earth. And he said Japan was number one. And guess what, number two? United Kingdom. He said UK was the second most godless nation on the earth. And guess what? Since then, they've only gotten worse. So listen to me. I've observed it. There's no how this earth will not have trouble. What made God dash them Second World War? Eh? Why he dashed them Second World War? They are doing it again. Please stop this nonsense preaching. I don't want to hear anybody preach that rubbish around me to Satan, Satan, Satan. This magnifying the devil is tiring in my ears. Why did men fight Second World War? Because God punished them. Why are they shooting each other every day? I will tell you. Because God said, when I want to punish the Egyptian, I will turn his heart against his brother. That's what he said. This magnification or magnifying, amplification, glorifying Satan is enough. That's why people don't fear God. They would rather fear Satan. Because we keep on telling them, is the devil, is the devil, is the devil. You saw the way, the man you were referring to now, talking about problem in, in, in parts of uh, northern Nigeria. And he said, he's a missionary there. So what is the solution? Vote Buhari out. Did he say that? Did he say that? 
Do you know that's what a lot of Christians say? They forget that this problem. Someone was telling me in the office today. You know, worry, worry. I said, listen, the last, the last, the first time I heard of this trouble, hmm? it was under President Obasanjo, not even Jonathan. Oh, I don't know if you remember. Some of my colleagues were trapped in just that, and they went for a national conference. Enemy. It's not who's president. The problem has been there for a long time. Obasanjo left power. Jonathan Yaradua combined it eight years, right? Combined, yes. Yeah, combined, eight years. Uh-huh. So this problem has been there for a long time. It's not today. So please don't blame the person who is the current head of state. Like the missionary said, what is the solution? He said, the gospel, the true gospel has to be preached in this area. That the darkness is too much. He didn't ask for money. He didn't ask for aid, financial aid, not the relief materials. No. What did he ask for? Men. He said, we need men that can preach. That's why this word, I can assure you. Listen, if you are trying to make migration decisions now, think like Lot. When I say think like Lot now, I'm not sure you use Lot's mindset. Remember, what Jesus say? Remember Lot's wife. Now, I am saying as a servant of Jesus, remember Lot himself. That's how I want you to think when it comes to migration now. Don't think about what you get, we gain. Think about how easy it is to get out. And think about how you can pull your children out. If anybody asks me counsel, especially if you're in Europe, I say, listen, for your children, nothing, don't run out in a day because I'm not giving you a prophetic word. I'm talking based on the understanding. But to be safe, this is what you need to do. Raise your children in such a manner that they can live anywhere. The one that they cannot live outside Europe now is not good for them. Because a day will come, they will have to get out. So let them take advantage of their Nigerian passport. Get it for them. Every long holiday, let them come home. Let as from what time they are young, get them. Let them spend holidays at home. Let them do part of their schooling down home. One of our brothers is sending his children to school in Nigeria, secondary school. He wanted to have Christian private education, and he wanted to have it back home. Do that kind of thing. Do it such a manner that they can live in both places. It's just wisdom, because I have observed it. One day I asked the Lord. He didn't answer me. I'm just telling me, just praying. I said, how long will people be spitting your face like this? You won't do anything. He didn't have to tell me anything personally. The Bible is there for everybody. So it's just that the issues that the day and the hour, nobody knows. But that day and hour is coming. And as for the Philippines president, they are better vote him out. They call God a stupid God. Yeah, he did. No apologies. I just felt sorry for him. Why did you just wake up in the morning and say, Lord, how's your tsunami machine working? <laughs> you just wake up in the morning asking the Lord, is your tsunami machine working? Thank God he doesn't, he doesn't pay attention to every little stupid thing that we say. Otherwise, <laughs> just look for a broomstick, give one angel, sweep that guy. Now inside Paka, you go find yourself. <laughs> You now know the word they call hell is for a place in Hebrew where they burn things. <laughs> they are refuse dump. They carry go some place. Fume. As an angel flinging you, it's called hellfire. I'm convinced about that. I've reasoned about it. There is no way the Lord will not answer. He's slow to anger, not just speed. Eventually he gets there. What happens is that he gives people time. But the time is running. The time is counting. 
And when it gets to a time which they are beginning to raise godless generations, it will always answer. And listen to me. The day before fire fell on Sodom and Gomorrah, it was a beautiful, beautiful city, fruitful place. The day before fire fell. There was no warning. Some people just woke up in the morning, stretched as it stretched like this. One hot coal hit their chest. Bam. Ah, what happened? As he bent over, another one hit his head. Next, he realized he was being bathed in hot smoke. Fire was raining. Let me run back into the house. The house was already on fire. Tried to run into the streets. The whole street was burning. The only person that got out was Lot and his children and his wife. And the wife's heart was in the city. So she turned back to collect something. So someone small, small, because the fire, you know why they were running? The fire was also advancing. It was like rain. It was advancing. You know the rest of the story. It became a pillar of salt. What am I trying to say? I said all of this to just emphasize something. So when God gives peace, the only thing that preserves is that truth comes out. Truth advances. Truth is preached. The Lordship of Christ Jesus is established. I want to read two portions of the scriptures quickly. And that's why I want, I want to say this before we start praying. Many of the prayers we pray is in unbelief. And like I said the other time, I'm raising Christians on behalf of the Lord who pray in faith. Who really believe, you see what I mean in a moment? You see when I say praying in faith? Quickly, let's open this. Let, okay, uh, James chapter 1. Let's quickly read this from verse 5. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom... Let him ask of God who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But he must ask in faith without any doubting, for the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For that man ought not to expect that he will receive anything from the Lord, being a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Now, let's, I want to emphasize the meaning of the word double-minded. Okay, before I emphasize it or explain it, let's quickly flip over again to the book of Luke, chapter 18. I want to read something, and then you will see the, 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 you will see the truth when we combine the two. Verse 35, you know the story, the blind man, Bartimaeus. As Jesus was approaching Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the road begging. Now, hearing a crowd going by, he began to inquire what this was. They told him it was Jesus. And they called out saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, you know the whole story. Let's now get down to verse 40. And Jesus stopped and commanded that he be brought to him. And when he came near, he questioned him. Now, notice the question. What do you want me to do for you? An obviously blind man, Jesus is asking him, what do you want me to do for you? The man was known for being blind. He was a beggar. What do you want me to do for you? And he said, Lord, I want to regain my sight. And Jesus said, well, in that case, now I want to, I'm just amplifying that. In that case, receive your sight. Your faith has made you well. Notice the faith. Immediately he regained his sight and began following him, glorifying God. And when all the people saw this, they gave praise to God. Now, notice something here. I want to explain. You know, James said, a double-minded person, right? So let him ask in faith. We're going to prove this afternoon for this country. But he said, we must ask in faith. What was faith here in the life of this man? 
a number of things. But let's look at what Jesus emphasized. A, an obviously blind man, he had to ask him, what do you want me to do? A man that's obviously blind. Now, why did Jesus ask that? Because one, we're told that he was a beggar. Have mercy on me. Could be that nobody's giving anything these days. I know you have good money there. There are some women whose husbands are rich who are supporting this ministry. We read about it in a few chapters before now. You even have a treasurer. If you were poor, why would you have a treasurer? Give me something from what you have. That could be the issue. It could be, for some people, they don't, that blindness, they like it. They like it. You are the one that told me about a man, which he said most people here would know if we described. I don't know the name, but just from where he begs. When this man was posted to go and pastor a church, this man was a deacon in the church. Do you hear what I said? We all know where he begs. They posted him to go and pastor. One of his deacons was a beggar. <laughs> of course, he told them, listen, not while I'm pastor. What is wrong with begging? It's not honorable. A deacon is supposed to be an example. I am sorry. I cannot put him up there for young people to look up to you. Why was he begging? He's blind. He said, hey, that's why he's begging. No, he has, is it two cars you said? Two cars, Camrys, driving, taxi for him, and had a four bedroom, uh, sorry, four flat building. Four flats. Has his own building. Had made enough money from rent. What taxi people were giving to him was enough for anybody to eat, but he continued, he continued begging. If you beg in southern Nigeria, it's good business. The money is good. Most people who work don't earn that much. That's not a lie. I hope you know. That's not a lie. That's not a lie. It's the reason why I only give beggars crumbs. One of the reasons. It's in the Bible anyway, but it's also part of it. It's not fair on those who work very hard. So you give crumbs. So that when you pack too many crumbs together, it becomes something sizable. But if I give you substance, it's not fair. I'll add that one to the guy who's washing my car. <laughs> you understand my point? When I go to the car wash, who's hustling? Please, let's sit on our message. So that's why Jesus had to ask Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? Part of faith is really knowing what you want him to do. Even if you don't know how he will do it, or exactly what he will do, but at least you know what you want him to do. I don't know whether you're getting my point. You know what I'm saying? So most people, my friend and I, we spoke at length yesterday or the day before yesterday night. We're on the phone yet, two days ago. Talked for a very long time. He lives in the U.S. We're describing the things in the world. And at the point in time, he said, I can't remember exactly what led to it, but we're not describing why is America prosperous. And he said that one that is full of very hardworking people. That was one thing he said. Then number two, which was where he and I now sat on. I said, I quoted a scripture that said, the desire of the nations is for her. So you see, every intelligent man elsewhere wants to go there. Go to Saudi Arabia, an Islamic country. Go to Iran. Give the brightest students a scholarship or scholarships to go to Harvard. They are the brightest in Saudi, brightest in Iran. I mentioned Iran and Saudi because they are Muslim countries. And these are people that call America the great Satan. Are you getting my point? Send their children, the brightest of them, to Harvard, to Princeton, to Stanford. They will not go back home. They will do the degrees. Are you getting my point? They will do degrees, get of course, because they are bright people and then everything works there, they work very hard, they compete very well, they come out top, do very well. As soon as they are done, 
They get a job in Silicon Valley, get a job in one big company, and they remain there. I said to my friend that as long as every nation on the earth, the young men, young women, even old men too, want America, it will remain great. God is the only one that can end that. If they like, let them just start printing dollar. It will have value. Why? The rest of us will buy it. The most important thing my friend and I said, why it's a great nation till today, is because, pardon me to use the expression everybody, all right? Of course, not everybody, but you know what I'm trying to say. That everybody wants them. This is why I'm going about Blind Bartimaeus and, um, and James. This is why I'm going about the two of them. Including the people who are praying every day for their own countries. You know the truth? Their desire is somewhere else. And they pray as long as you've not given them the door to get out. And listen to me, that is why God doesn't answer them as much as he would have loved to. What I've told you is the word of God. Though. I reasoned about it. People talk about, listen, listen, let me tell you the truth. There is not, now, listen to this. There is nothing humanly possible for any government in Nigeria to do to change the fact that Naira will keep on sliding against the dollar. Because it's not about their policies, it's about the people. That's it. If you strengthen the Naira, we buy foreign rice. Are you getting my point? That's just the way we are. If you strengthen it further and increase the wages of the people, are able to balance it, suddenly UNN is not good enough for our children again. Covenant is only not good enough for our children. Suddenly, everybody, do you know what we want? We want a place in an American university, in a UK university. Suddenly, there is nothing good enough anymore. They will start lying to ourselves. We need to give these children quality education. And it, please, don't say those things in my ears. Just know that it irritates me when you say it. If you are hearing this and you've never told me that, just know that I was angry with you when you were saying it. You say, why? You getting the quality of education for your children. With which money are you getting it? Which, that money, with which education are you earning it? That one that's suddenly not good enough for your children. More than 90% of those that tell me that they got this so-called education around. Then now it's producing so much wealth for them. They can pay for schools anywhere. They now turn around and tell me that they need to get their children quality education. It's a lie. Maybe half of my classmates are practicing medicine abroad with education they got locally. So please, I want to beg you, stop, stop harassing the government. There's nothing they can do. Because everything they do to strengthen things, we individuals take it and send it away. You know what I was, those days, like some 20 years ago, I had very few Nigerians told me they were going abroad for holiday. We were very, very few. Now it's a common trend. Do you know why it's a common trend? People are actually more prosperous than they used to be. Suddenly to go and, to go and relax in Dubai is now normal. Say, I'm stressed. Pastors will tell you that I've been stressed. I've been stressed. I've been preaching all over the place. I said to go and rest. And I keep on saying, and you can't go to Obudu. I know you can re- Look, if you live in Onugu, go to GR Onucha. Now rest with that. No be hotel. He said, you shop. Enter Onucha main market. <laughs> there is nothing you are buying abroad that's not there. I lie. Cross the bridge. Go shop right for Asaba. In this Onucha too, they shop right there. Go to the mall. What are you doing? Don't come and fool me. Come on, don't insult my intelligence. You know the problem we have? Prosperity. Say, you go around, you see the world. Some people tell me that kind of thing. I just say, God, have mercy. It's called when wealth increases. The number of mouths that eat is increased too. That's what happens. 
please have mercy on the government. The other day, analyze federal government, they try. Nigerian government, they are trying. You know, when they say somebody, they try. In Nigerian English, they, they try. They educate tens of thousands of Nigerian young people every year free of charge in universities. He says, is it free? By international standards, if you pay, how much did, I found out that UNN is the most expensive. How much did you pay UNN? 60 something thousand a year. Alright? I'm talking about federal government now. Most schools is 20 something, 20, 30, which in US dollars, how much is that? Less than a hundred dollars a year as tuition fees. Please, it is free. That's not the gist. The gist is that when those some young men and women finish, you know what they do? Once you give them the opportunity, look, they cross instantly and go there and tell you that things are rough back home. It's an insult to God's goodness. Crossing is not the insult. It's a concept that the country is bad. You enter the U.S., they recognize that your certificate. You just take this exam. You take it You get a master's degree. You come in. They're like one year after, you have a master's. At federal government's expense, they gave the first degree free of charge. So I tell people, when you need that at night, thank God for the head of state, his vice president, the senate president, mention the name of the minister of education as a point of contact. You know the way we say it? You need to, because that is where all money is going. America won't do that for you. If you want to go to school, you pay. You pay the full value. If you can't pay, it's your business to get a scholarship. If you can't get a scholarship, you get a student loan. You know what a student loan is? I'll tell you, it's bonded for 10 years after you finish the school. Please, get where I'm going. Why am I saying all this, doing all this talking? I want to ask you, when you are really praying, what are you really asking for? That's what I'm saying. If you think many Nigerians pray, you can see now, many of our prayers are weak in faith. They are weak in faith. I've seen pastors say, pastors, in fact, the first day I heard this one, this, this guy was a pastor in a big church, a faith church. In this country, and I you know I've gone to church before and seen him talking on the pulpit. He happened to be a senior colleague. I said, "Very soon, I've left your country for you." I remember that comment. This is a pastor. I have left your country for you. It was, there's one door that's about to open for me. Ah, when that door opens, I've left your country for you. And he was talking to the rest of us Christians. The same person will lead prayer in church, hold the microphone. Tonight we say to God, this nation, we stand. God say, uh, this one, if it is that prayer, I will not listen. So everybody will be praying. God say, like, like, shut the door, shut the door, shut the door. Hang up, hang up. All dangers are, your head click, click. All dangers are hanging off the phone. Nobody's hearing anything in heaven. When they are done, when it steps down, say, what are they praying for? They are praying for food, oh yeah? Open the lines again. But if that guy leads prayer for the nation, I can't listen. He's lying. His heart is not there. When Jesus asked blind Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? It was, I'm not just talking about, uh, I want to see now. It's what do you really, when you stand up to pray, what are you really asking for? Most Christians don't pray for the country. They don't. I know they open their mouth. I know they join prayer meetings like this. But their hearts don't. I would like to interview those boys at the rescue. You know, those uh, guys on the Mediterranean. Are you getting my point? Those are that capsize today and don't capsize tomorrow. I would like to interview how many of them are Christians. And how many of them actually pastor blessed them before they started that perilous journey. 
This is the will of God. God will answer us if we really want to pray. If we really ask in faith, he will answer. That's what I'm telling you. He will. If we really are asking in faith. That's why I read the scriptures. Many times we are praying, we are not asking in faith. And really, you know what God would rather? That we didn't ask at all. Yes, we would rather just ignore it. Just leave it. My wife said she went to a particular church on Sunday. Me, I traveled to Okigwe to go and preach. <laughs> and one big man came to the church to preach. Said so the big man began to pray. Was leading prayer. Said, so we need to pray for 2019. That body we go. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? Church on Sunday. A big man of God. Let's pray for this country. 2019, let's pray for 2019. That God in heaven will convince this head of state to go. That's why Jesus will say, what do you want me to do for you? Are you getting my point? That's why he asks those questions. Because he hears these kind of prayer points all the time. Senseless prayer points. Why? Because of your newspaper reports, you disagree with him. So go ask people like that, what do you really want? You want the man to go? What do you really want? What is it that you really want? That's the problem we saw when Israel asked for a king. When they came to Samuel, they said, we want a king. You know, at that time, what they should have asked for, they needed deliverance. There was an attack at that time. There was a neighboring king that was harassing them. That was the first person Saul delivered them from. They should have come to God and say, to say, we want deliverance. They didn't come. They said, we want a king. He said, you are rejecting me. He said, don't worry about that. Just give us a king. Our problems will go away if you give us a king. God said to Samuel, tell them what kind of things will happen if they got this king. They said, we don't care. Just give us the king. What they really needed was security. What they really needed was deliverance at that moment. But instead of them to ask for that, they asked for a king. That's what Jesus meant when he said, what do you want me to do for you? Now back to our, our prayer point for today. I want us to pray for the country. Remember I said something before? The main reason why God is doing whatever he's doing outwardly is for what reason? For truth. For the gospel of Jesus to be preached. For the church of Christ to advance. Look, there's no other thing he's doing. If he, listen to me, we have, there's been crisis over the last few days in Plato State. If he stops the crisis and grants peace there, and he gives us another six months, one year, and we do not answer the call that your friend sent, we do not pray the prayer that that missionary sent, that what we need up there is men that will go and preach the truth, that the darkness is too much. We'll be back again after one year. We'll be blaming whoever is head of state, the governor, for not doing anything. We will not know that the reason why nothing happened was because when God gave us ceasefire, remember ceasefire? We did not do the job that ceasefire was meant to do. Let me say something about that region. I think I've told the story here at least twice. Once I went, I met one one senior doctor in um, one neighboring town here. When they were in Namdia Zikri teaching hospital, they are common room. I sat down there, we were talking. We're just analyzing the country. He said when he got married, he traveled to Joss. All right? And in the evening, he and his wife, they just went, they went out. He said the things he saw. He told his wife, God will give these people to Islam. Now, he was telling me this. That thing, when it happened, is nothing less than 15 years ago. Maybe 20 years ago. 
He said to his other, this, and he didn't know he was talking to a preacher. I don't think he really knew me that well. You understand? And I didn't want to say spiritual person. He said the things he saw when he went up there. He said to his other, this Islam will take them over. That the way they are behaving. He was talking about darkness. He said, the kind of darkness I saw, I said, there's no how. And I looked at the man and said, ah, is this guy prophesying? Or does he have the, that amount of insight? Which was why David Pawson said that the Lord revealed to him that UK will become an Islamic country. And that for me will be salvation for them. I don't know how he's going to do it, but I think the most important way he's going to do it is that, you know, the Egypt you know today is what is the color of their skin? They're Arabs. But the Egypts of the days of Joseph, they were not. Oh, they were not Arabs. What happened? Egypt got replaced. So sometimes, a lot of these European countries, if God wants to spare the land upon which the people are walking, he has to replace them. And those he's using to replace them, if they do the same things the people there before did, they too will be replaced. And that replacement will not always be peaceful. That's why I said what I said at the beginning. Listen to me carefully. If you are making emigration decisions, please make preparations for running for the next generation. I hope you hear what I said. Make running preparations for the next generation. You, I know you know you can run already. You already have canvas that can move. I'm saying don't put, your name is Lot. When the angels come, you will move. But when you raise children that don't know where else to go, that's where the problem will be. When you raise children that Sodom is inside their hearts, that's where the problem will be. I'm convinced about that. What I'm telling you, don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. Tell the fellow, buy, buy land in Enugu, build house there too. Be collecting rent. And tell your children, let them be staying in the house up and on. Because of the day or the hour, no man knows. But at that day and hour will not come. That is the one I can assure you you are wrong concerning. Because it will. Let's get back to our own nation, what we are praying about. So we are going to pray. But I want us to know what we are asking God for. I want us to know exactly what we are asking for. Because what has been happening is that people have not been praying with faith. They've been praying as a habit. As they are praying, they are cursing. They are angry. Let us pray for peace. Father God, in the name of Jesus, every fallen man, every headsman that crossed the boundaries into Plato states, die by fire, die by fire. Holy Ghost, fire. I know what happened. God starts listening. Say they are not praying. They are angry. They are calling for vengeance as dictated by the newspapers. They don't even ask, what am I doing? They shout devil, 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 devil. Devil worship. You know what I we said on Saturday? Was it here I said it? Yeah. Anyway, then Genesis, he was called serpent. In Revelation, he was a dragon. According to Joseph Avanzini, what happened? He grew. In Genesis, he was called a serpent. Revelation, dragon, because he grew. So what did he feed upon? The praise of the saints. The, that's not be me talking more. And I told you, I give you the man's name. Said so that the saints praised him so much, he had to grow fat. 
Because they stumbled and fall, the devil said I will fall. And I felt, and I rebuked him. When I rebuked him, he ran away and I stood again. If there's Christ in the land, if God says, I cursed it, they say, no, it's not God, not he. That's what Israel used to say. When they tell, when the prophets would tell Israel, the Lord, he said, not he, is the Assyrians. You're getting the point? Enough of Satan worship. What we need is, we need two things. We need the mercy of God upon the land. For the purpose, we have to tell him that. Yeah, you were leading us in confession earlier. That you will say, I will, how did you say it again? I will, you know, I will go with my time, my reason, my money. Uh-huh. You know, you are describing those things. That we, we, listen to me, we cannot pray for peace in those areas until first of all in our hearts, we are saying it is, it sees fire. We are asking God for, so that we can return with the true gospel of God that He has given to us. Otherwise, we are wasting time. Do you know, do you know there are some things, prayers we pray, God has said that you are disagreeing with me. Yes, really, I'm serious. People of God, there are prayers we pray, and God said you are disagreeing with me. Let me give you an example. God said, there is no peace for the wicked, says the Lord. Then when there is wickedness and God is taking away their peace, we pray, Lord, return peace in the name of Jesus. We command peace upon the wicked. Let, is that not what we do? True of us? We do that, we do that. That is why you cannot pray for peace except you are telling God, we need to turn wickedness. Well, we can't do it while you are judging. Because what has happened again and again and again, Listen, Church of God in Nigeria, if you are listening to this, what has happened again and again and again and again in this nation is that when God gives peace and gives prosperity, we don't do what we are supposed to do with it. If peace returns to that area, we don't pray there again. I have found out those who push the gospel in many of those areas are the poorest Christians I know. They don't have money. They are the pastors that cannot buy a motorbike. Yeah, the ones that sit in big cities. Every year we are contributing money to buy them new jeeps. No, am I lying? Don't you go to a church where pastors' birthday is a ceremony? Is idol worship? Church, you spend a whole month praying for a one man's birthday. Are you people out of your minds? I, look, I've seen one of my friends. He's a pastor in a very big church. Where do you do such things? He said, he has tried to tell them, look, guys, this thing has to come to an end. We are all brethren. Celebrate each person's birthday like that. You can't single out one man and turn his birthday to a church project. Say, Pastor Bank, it won't do for you. Did I beg you? <laughs> I'm not saying no celebrate people's birthday, but these are friendly things. Are you getting my point? It's not a church project. It's not a church project. It's not a church project. Your birthday is not more important than the rest of the people's. I'm serious, that's what I think. I've always thought like this, not to do. That's why young, young boys don't want to serve again. They want to be pastors. That promotion, eh, they will die for it. Why am I saying it? But go and meet missionaries. Look, if you are looking for how to give money personally to pastors who are serving difficult areas, come. I will give one or two accounts where you can pay to. I told you, Pastor Corey told me a story once. I told you. What I'm telling you, true gist. He said, a man came to him. His children got admission in federal, a federal university. That year, I don't know whether it's one or two, they dropped the admission because they couldn't pay this little money that federal government collects to enter a federal university. 
The following year, the boy, I think this time around, two of they got the admission again, or one, I'm not very sure, whether one or two. Again, it was about to pass them by. That's when the guy called my friend and said, man of God, what can you do? He was expecting whether that one can send him 10,000 naira. So that one gathered money, put money together and said, how much money do you need? Now let me tell you about the man. He said, the man came to Sokoto, started a church. The church was growing. Then he decided that God has not called him to cities. That he's supposed to be going to rural areas in northern Nigeria. So I abandoned that church, handed it to somebody else, and started going from, you know, town to town, village to village, those small, small places. But as he was doing that, children were growing. And one day the children grew. They were smart kids. They started writing jamba, and all of that. Time to pay. He couldn't. He couldn't. And I called my friend and said, what can you do? That was how much is the money? He told him. I want to ride around, gather the whole money, and sent it to him. He almost collapsed. Because he was expecting, if not 10, just give me, let me add. And the guy sent in everything. When God, God grants us peace, say our pastor has been stressed, we'll blow 5 million once to give him one short holiday. Nothing wrong with it, though. I'm not saying it is too bad. But that 5 million should come after all those other men have paid those school fees. We do one stupid thing, very satanic. Very, very satanic. You know what we do? We tight upwards. We, t- we say tighten upwards. We are very foolish people. You know how we tight foolishly? I'm beginning to sound like Tunde Bakari. <laughs> I hope his anointing has not come here. <laughs> this is how we tight foolishly. He said, you tight upwards a ministry you want to be like. So you now see, we go sit down for here. Say, so who's bigger than, we look for a bigger ministry. To anything we have, we take a tent and send to a bigger ministry. Why? Because the lesser is blessed of the greater. That is nonsense. <laughs> if that is what you call lessness and greatness. Is that, you know my English, I hope you like it. He that gives to the poor, honest is maker. It's not what the Bible says. Why do we turn our own things upside down? You can give to anybody. I'm not please, please, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying giving to a bigger person is wrong. That's not what I'm trying to say. But this concept of that's where I get my blessing from is wrong. That's not where your blessing comes from. Because I've seen the attitude amongst us in, in, in Nigeria in the Nigerian church. Those who are pushing the gospel to difficult areas are the poor ones. They're the ones we don't give to. They're the ones we don't remember. We spend all our energy on people that are not going anywhere but sitting down and living large. Most churches, the only thing they call mission fund is expanding branches. That's what they call missions, just increasing branches. One of my brothers, he left a, a church, one of the major churches in Nigeria. He said he was tired of branches. He said, oh God, I live in an island. He said, we'll be increasing the number of branches until on one street, they'll have four branches of the same church. One street. He told me, I said, okay, just walk out this road. He said, we'll keep on increasing branches. So one day they announced one new branch. They needed six million for a new branch. He just packed his wife, his children. He left the church. I'm not coming again. He, 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 he stopped. He said, I'm not going again. This foolishness has to, it has to end. He said, I can't be here because you need promotion. You'll be giving me to be running errands that God has not sent any one of us on. Just to be counting branches. He said, who's going to them? We're all on the same street. 
they will come up with funny, funny ideas. Where I'm going is this. Listen, listen. Because that has been our sin. That has been our iniquity. We have this habit of withdrawing resources from the places that are what, what Americans will call the cutting edge. You know they call the cutting edge? You know when you are cutting a tree, the sharp edge. That's the one that hits the hardest. That's the one that penetrates first. We withdraw resources from that. And what do we start doing? You start calling there. What I see in that area? How many people are in your church there? What is the tithe like? Better come down. Come to the south. Come to where you are not needed. Come to where many of you are already there, comfortable. Demas has departed from me. And they will now be blaming the head of state when there's crisis. Listen to me. He's not the cause of crisis. We are. Let's rise to our feet. I did all this talking to let you know what to ask God for when you are praying for the country. It's not peace for the sake of peace. It is peace for the sake of the advancement of his gospel. It's not prosperity for the sake of prosperity. It is prosperity for the sake of the advancement of the gospel. It is not peace for the sake of peace. It is peace for the sake of the advancement of the gospel. That is why when you want to pray for money for yourself, you need to, although this year she will have said we are not even praying such prayers again. And here, for the rest of the year, he will hear we are not praying such prayers. Oh, we are pray- if you want to pray for money now, it will be Lord Father in the name of Jesus. I'm believing you for one million naira so that I may help those on the cutting edge. Say, Lord, I am swearing to you. I promise, like Hannah. And some people say that, vow like Hannah. Say, God, what you will do for him. Today, you are going to vow like a real Hannah, not the fake one that we have been using to collect your money. Not those kind of fake ones. The real Hannah, when she asked for Samuel, which, what percentage of Samuel did she give to God? You don't read your Bible. You guys say 100. Don't mind him. Chooks, let me ask you. What percentage of Samuel did he give to God? You also agree 100. But why didn't he just give 25%? Uh, Samuel, go to the temple on weekends. Come home. <laughs> if you want to vow like Hannah, it's a 100% vow. Don't be using Hannah to teach me vow when you are not doing 100%. Well, you see, do you know the truth? Hannah did not ask God for any other child. Please go and read your Bible. It was not as if when Hannah gave her first fruit, that's not what happened. Hannah was content with, I gave birth to Samuel, I handed him to God, 100%. So let's go home. It was Eli that started the trouble. Eli now blessed her. and said, The same Eli that did the first one. It was not his own idea that God will give you sons and God will give you daughters in place of this one that you have brought here. Hannah, Hannah was okay. So that's our bribery vow. It's not Christianity. Say, God, if you give me one million, I'll give you 10%. God said, okay, I'll just keep my one million. <laughs> that way I don't lose anything. <laughs> you heard the joke. Say, one guy was praying. He said, Lord, if you give me $10, I'll give you $1. If you give me $100, I'll give you $10. So one day he was not going. He, was, he now saw an envelope on the road. It contained $90. He said, God, thank you. You're taking your portion. <laughs> <laughs> he said, God, you are too much. <laughs> you took your own off front. <laughs> the Lord is good. <laughs> Oftentimes we vow like that, we do like that. 
No, if you want to do like Hannah, listen, this year, I said, that's what we are praying for. So that our lives will count. So that this gospel will move. So that this gospel will move. So that this gospel will move. Let's begin to pray. Let's pray for Plato State as having crisis. Now you know what to ask for. Yes. Say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, thank you. Because you are the God of peace. Say, Jesus, thank you. You are the Prince of Peace. There's a name of God bears. You are the one that makes wars cease. He said, Lord, the God that makes wars cease. Say, Lord, I recognize you as the one who makes wars cease. Call him that name. It's when you call the name of God. You are recognizing who he is. That is faith. That's why you are invoking his power. Call him that name. The Lord who makes wars cease. The Lord who makes wars cease. The Lord who makes wars cease. We ask for your mercy. We ask for your mercy upon the land. We ask for a ceasefire. You, you understand what I mean by ceasefire now? We ask for your mercy upon the land. We ask for your mercy upon the land. That we will have the opportunity to spread the gospel again. For that reason, our prayers are tied together. We are not just asking for mercy upon the land. We are saying, Lord, as you are giving us mercy, send laborers into the harvest. And everybody say, here I am, send me. You don't know where God what will use you for. He will use in different areas. For many, all he will do is use you to pray. For many, he will literally say, get up and go. For some, he will say, I have given you money. Take that money and send. Say, here I am, Lord, send me. When, he said, I said, what would you want me to do? I talked so much about that because that is the problem we have had. We really have not been asking. True prayer is when our request aligns with what God wants to do. We cannot ask for peace except we understand the purpose of peace. Say, Lord, here I am. Send me. God, the one that makes wars cease. Concerning Nigeria, concerning Plato State, we ask that wars will cease. That the truth may advance. So we tie the two prayers together. Send laborers into the harvest. You had a missionary walking there saying what we need is men. Ah, I wish our eyes would see that this is a spiritual. This is a spiritual. People who will carry the truth. Pray for those who are carrying the truth to those areas already. Say, Lord, strengthen them. Encourage them. Protect them. Protect them. Deliver them from evil. Let them not fall for temptations. Possess them with a spirit of consolation in the name of Jesus. Send help to them. Send help to them. Send help to them. Send help to them. Say, Lord, send help. Send help. Send help. Send help. Send help. Send help in the name of Jesus. Say, Lord, I yield myself to help. I yield myself. In this nation, Lord, grant us peace. Remember, peace is not just quietness. It's also prosperity. See, Lord, grant us prosperity so that, not so that we can take more holidays and be living large and feeling good. Hear ye the word of the Lord. If we continue like that, crisis will continue to return. Say, Lord, we need to take hold of this land. We need to take hold of this land. We need to seize this land in every corner for the gospel of Jesus and with the preaching of truth. That's the prayer. He said, what do you want me to do for you, Lord? That's what we want you to do. We want you to grant us peace and prosperity so that we use the peace and the prosperity to advance the truth 
in this land. In the name of Jesus. That's our prayer for today. So that's what we're asking you for. Lord, grant peace in Enugu State. Grant prosperity in Enugu State. Grant peace in Eastern Nigeria. Grant prosperity in Eastern Nigeria. Grant peace, Lord, in the whole of Nigeria. Grant prosperity in the whole of Nigeria. We pray again specifically, Lord, for Northeast in Nigeria. We pray for Bono State. We pray for Adamawa. We pray for all those states around that area. Lord, we ask you in the name of Jesus, grant us peace so that we will preach the gospel. Now let us pray. Say, Lord, open the airwaves. Open the airwaves. I feel we should ask. Lord, open the airwaves in those areas. In Bono State, Lord, open the airwaves. In the name of Jesus, open the airwaves to the preaching of the gospel. Not to motivational speaking. To the preaching of the gospel. Lord, we ask you, open the airwaves. Now attack the airwaves in that area. Say in the name of the Lord, open the airwaves. How he will do it, I don't know, I don't care. But Lord, open the airwaves. The gospel will go there in the local languages. It will go there in English. It will go there in Hausa. It will go there in Fulani. It will give there in the local language of the people. Lord, we ask of you, in the name of Jesus, open the airwaves over Bono. Open the airwaves over Meduguri, in the name of Jesus. Open the airwaves. Lord, even the Boko Haram fighters will hear the gospel over the air. And they will believe, in the name of Jesus. Open the airwaves. Let's attack the airwaves over those areas. Over northeast Nigeria. Those are places. Listen, listen. Let me explain something to you. I just feel so strong we should pray that prayer. Those are places where you can't go on air with the gospel. Because they say it's Islam. Islamic state. And listen to me. That is why the trouble will not cease. Jesus is the prince of peace. When he's not there, there's prince of trouble. So everywhere in this world, listen to me, what I've been saying to you. Eh? I'm saying it again. It's all those nations that Nigeria will be leaking out. Uh, Arab, Arab nations, they want to go there. And those will keep on excluding, the, excluding Jesus. It's a matter of time. Their time is counting. It is counting down. The peace that God gives, that is found only in Jesus Christ, it will soon go away. One day, radio station annoyed me. By the time I finished praying for them, hmm? the brother that I was speaking to was begging me, oh God, that prayer is too bad. He said they can't broadcast the gospel after 6 o'clock. I said, for that reason, the peace that God gives after 6, may you never see it again. That things you tell me this is, I won't take it from you. The gospel belongs before 6 o'clock. I said, okay, fine. Then the peace that God gives, may you not see it after 6 a.m. Ha, the brother will be saying, Pastor, please. It's okay, it's okay. Let me talk to them. I said, it was, I said this is an insult. This is southern Nigeria. A radio station. You say you cannot, you said that our program has to end by 6. I said, that's Okay, don't worry. I'm on my knees. I will ask God, that station, God, walk out of it with your angels. Walk out of it with your blessing. Walk out of it with your protection. Once it's 6 a.m., let them not see peace again. Then you will call me back and beg me. What nonsense. Like you are saying, they don't be treating as if we are begging. Look, I'm not a beggar. I carry the prince of peace. I'm his messenger. You should treat me with honor if I want to broadcast on your station. I didn't come begging you. I brought my money. Made up my mind. Anybody who tells me that, now that's what I'm going to tell you. If you tell me, say, we can't break out after 6 a.m. I say, listen to me. Unless the God I'm serving is not the true God. Unless he's not the true God. Unless the Jesus that I'm carrying is not the Prince of Peace. I'm walking away from here, and I'm walking away with his peace. Once it's 6 a.m., watch it. Nonsense. Listen to me. Everywhere they have said, eh, eh, God, God, listen to me. Jesus is counting down. 
if Dubai likes their structure, I found that they said that they are the construction capital of the world, that one quarter of all cranes in the world right now in Dubai, to take the amount of construction that's going on, if they like their construction, somebody take the message to them. Better go and beg Jesus for peace. Because when you quieten down, he said when they say peace, peace, then sudden destruction will come upon them. That's what Jesus does when you annoy him. Everywhere, that's like everywhere on this globe where they have made the name of Jesus, the gospel of God, anathema. Forbidden. This is a matter of time. I'm not cursing anybody, I'm warning everybody. It's a countdown period. Nobody will ever link it to it. Germany got up and began to pollute the truth of Jesus. That was where Second World War began from. At the end of the day, they were leveled. Let's pray again. Attack the airwaves over there. Over the air, they say, no, you can't broadcast the gospel. That is a source of peace. Say, Lord, over northeast Nigeria, open the airwaves to the gospel. We ask you, Lord, over northeast Nigeria, open the airwaves to the gospel. Say, Lord, over northeastern Nigeria, we are asking you, what do you want me to do? What we are asking is that the way we broadcast in Enugu, the way we broadcast in Lagos, the way we broadcast in Anambra, the way we broadcast in River State, and nobody says, don't bring the gospel here. Nobody says so. We are saying the same opportunity. Give it to us in Bono State. Give it to us all over Adamawa. The same opportunity, the same ones that you've given us, Lord, give it to us in those areas that they're having crisis now. Say, Lord, open the door wider even in Plato State. In the name of Jesus. Now pray these other prayers with it. Say, Lord, send men to the airwaves. Send them there. Enough for people looking for where they will get offerings. It's not offering. It's not offering. People will not agree to broadcast unless money can come. Say, Lord, send men there. Send resources. Send the gospel that they need to hear. There's an anointing you have placed upon somebody. Lord, send it there. There is an anointing you have placed upon somebody. Send him there. Send her there. Send them there. Send resources. Say, the Lord has sent me and his spirit. Lord, send this word into the airwaves, specifically the airwaves. Ah, I don't know why the airwaves just on my heart this evening. The airwaves. Ah, uh-uh. ah. Say, Prince of Peace, Jesus, fill the air. Fill the air with your truth. Guard your sword upon your thigh, O Most Mighty. Ride on prosperously and in majesty because of truth. Let your right arm do awesome things. Lord, the very place where they say you can't preach the gospel in the air, let the gospel go on air in their local language. Lord, send it, send it. Whichever way you will do it. Everybody say after me, say, Lord, we are the church in Nigeria. You know, I said God deliberately cut these geographical things to describe the church. Yeah, I did that. It's according to the number of people of Israel, he has given boundaries to the nations. That's what he has done. He has deliberately cut this so we can use names like that. 
Lord Lugard did not define Nigeria. God did. There's a crisis in Cameroon right now. I will now looking back to history. When people say that Lord Lugard, they don't even know. There were referendums done that time. They did referendum here and there to decide whether Northern Cameroon, you know, these English-speaking people say they, they are joining Cameroon. They had the opportunity to join Nigeria. They, you know, some of those things are coming up. But God's will is being done. Why did God do like that? So that we can utter these words. And we are the salt of this nation. We are the light of this nation. We are the ecclesia. Let me tell you what the church means. When Jesus used the word church, alright, he wasn't talking about church. He wasn't talking about denomination. He was not talking about worship center. He said, upon this rock I will build my church. He said, upon this rock I will build my national assembly. The church there represented lawmakers. There was no church built, like the Senate. Upon this rock, I will build my Senate. Those who will make my laws. Do you understand my point? Those who make my decisions. Who broadcast my decrees. So when you say we are the church in Nigeria, what you are saying is that we are God's lawmakers for this country. It's not uh, Saraki and Ike Kuremadu. They are not the ones making the laws. That's human Senate. The real Senate is the church of Jesus. So when you say we are the church in Nigeria, you are saying, God, your decree is in our mouth. Yeah, are you getting my point? So what we want to do is that having declared that we are not going to utter serious things. Please, forget this rubbish prayer of Lord, remove the head of state next year. There are things that people talk, you know they don't read their Bible. You just say, what do you want me to do for you? Who cares who the head of state is? As long as the other things we are saying. When God wanted to break the powers that be that time, he needed a bachelor. Many people are praying removing God. Say, I'm not removing him. He's the only person that can do some of the things that if the rest of you do it, crisis will break. Who in Nigeria will have deposed a sultan? So please, let's not pray, let, let's not pray like ignorant people. Let's not pray like ignorant people at all. Let's pray like people who have the word of God with us. So let's say it again. Say in the name of Jesus. Lord, we declare we are the church in Nigeria. And concerning this nation, we decree it belongs to Jesus. Every corner, as it is written, the earth is the Lord's. We decree Nigeria is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Say, therefore, the gospel. We advance, we advance to every corner, to every, to every nook, to every, to every cranny to every of this nation, of this nation in, the in the name of Jesus Christ. Say, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Say, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Say, over Nigeria, over Nigeria we, the lawmakers, we the lawmakers, we decree, we decree that, Jesus that Jesus is Lord. Over Abuja, we the lawmakers, we decree that Jesus is Lord. Over every state in the nation, we his lawmakers, we decree that he is the king of kings and he is the lord of lords. We decree that he is the lord of governors. He is the king over emirs. He is the king over every king. In this country, in the name of Jesus, the Emir of Kano is his subject. The Sultan of Sokoto is his subject. The Olubad of Ibadan is his subject. The Obi of Furniture is his subject. Every Amanayabo 
in this country, they are his subjects. Every Igwe, they are his subjects. In the name of Jesus Christ, every Emir is his subject because he is the King of Kings and he is the Lord of Lords. That is a decree. You know what the Bible calls the decree of the watchers? Yes. That's the decree of the watchers. Over this country. His peace and his prosperity will reign in the name of Jesus. Amen. His church has repented. Say amen. amen. I'm not saying they will repent. They have repented. Amen. They have learned how to use prosperity. Amen. They have learned to use the money to advance the gospel. Amen. Not to settle where they are settled. Amen. Are you getting my point here? No, we just wake up in the morning and say, this is, our, this is our building. It needs new ACs. Nothing wrong with the old one. Yes, we travel to America, unfortunately, for the holiday. We came back and started having ideas. You know, when you see pastors have ideas, you know iniquity is all over the place. And we blow money sometimes. Eh? I just say, God, have mercy on our foolishness. But we have repented. Amen. Now, we're now tight in quotes. You know what I mean by tight now? Uh-huh. We're not tied to where the money is needed. Not to tap blessings from somewhere that is not, the blessing does not reside. We can give to other people, nothing wrong with that. We are not giving to any big ministry because we want their blessing. No. We give to God where he needs his money. We are not afraid to give to a man who is alone, inside one jungle, far away, even though he can't, in court, even though he can, we are the one that's confused. Even though we think he can't bless us. So the lesser is blessed of the greater. And who is the lesser? The man with the smaller car. Who is the greater? The one with the bigger motor. The one that's the, minister, the pastor wears fine suits. Expensive car. That's the ble- that is covetousness. That's why, you use, Jesus, that's why James warned. Don't make a man sit down based on what he has. But whose blessing is God? He's greater than everybody. That's why we have repented. We are spending our money where God wants us to spend it. We are not wasteful children. I hope you are getting my point. We are not wasteful. Pray. I want you for one minute. Pray. Say, Lord, let me not be wasteful. Because the money has a way of driving people mental. Suddenly, you, you can't wear those shoes again. You know now, you need more expensive shoes. This watch is not good enough now. You need the one that they sell for $3,000. Because God has blessed you now. Say, Lord, may I not be wasteful? May I not be wasteful? It's an important prayer. I see money drive people up and down. Just use money that you can give as an offering. Just use it for useless things. Change phone ne- recklessly. Say, Lord, may I not be wasteful. Say, Lord, teach me contentment. I open my heart to you. Teach me contentment so that I will have to give. Ah! Lord, say, Lord, teach me contentment so that I will have to give. Let's give the Lord thanks. Say, Father, we thank you. Let's give him praise. Say, Lord, we thank you. Let's thank him. Say, Jesus, you are Lord. You are Lord over Nigeria. And we give you praise for reigning in her. In the name of Jesus Christ. Let's, decree, let's pray again your photo for the election that's warming up now. Say, Lord, you are the king. You are the one that will choose the ruler. Yeah, so let's declare. Say, Lord, you are the one that reigns. Just declare his name. That's, say, Lord, you are the one that reigns. You reign. You reign. You reign. You choose the leader. You choose the leader. You choose the leader. APC does not. PDP doesn't. SDP doesn't. Abga does not. Labour Party doesn't. <laughs> no, 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 no. You are the one. You reign. You reign. You reign. 
you rule in the affairs of Nigeria, and you set over this kingdom whosoever you wish, even the lowliest. Rain, Lord. Say, Lord, rain, rain, rain in the elections. 2019 election, Lord, rain. Rain, 2019 election, Jesus, rain. Father, rain. Send out your angels to effect your work. We are the church in Nigeria. That's what we're asking you for. We are the church in Nigeria. And that's what we're asking you for. Remember, we are the church in Nigeria. Lord, that's what we're asking you for. Rain, rain, rain. Rain, rain. Give us leaders who will help us execute your will. Yes, this is what I've been praying about. These things that I want you to do. Appoint leaders that will make them doable. Through whom you will get these things done for your own glory. That's what we're asking for. We don't have names. We're not asking for anybody. We can talk our politics in our corner. We're just talking. But what we're asking for is that give us leaders that will make this will that we are afraid about doable in this country. For the glory of your most holy name. In the name of Jesus Christ. Let's see, Father, we thank you. Let's give him thanks. In Jesus' name we have prayed. All right, now let's share the grace in fellowship. It's well with you today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Remember, let's continue praying. This is what we need to pray. Let's know exactly what we want. Let's know exactly what we want, and God will do it for us. You will hear testimonies of those things we have prayed about today. The testimony will start flowing in. Focus on that. You will see your life increase in such a manner that you never dreamt of before. You pray for money for three years. Did it come? No. God said, don't do. You should have stopped it two and a half years ago and prayed for something else. Are you getting my point? Focus on what is important. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all other things shall be added unto you. It's well with you in the name of Jesus Christ. Let's share the grace in fellowship. Because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, surely we have passed out of death and we have passed into life. We have passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We have passed out from under the curse into the blessing. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of multiplication, dominion, and shining forth in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Bless somebody beside you. This is your season. Bless another person. Now, one more person, one more person. Okay, now one for yourself. This is my season. This is my season of multiplication. And shining forth. Share of brethren.